Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So whether or not there was a connection between Kinahan Sr. and Curtis Warren before that... You can be under no illusion, but they would have, the two English speakers would have got together, rubbed shoulders behind bars. I'm Nicola Tallent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. Curtis Cocky Warren is one of Liverpool's most infamous drug lords, but after serving a lengthy sentence behind bars, he could be heading straight back to jail after breaching strict rules around his release. Once on the Sunday Times rich list, the criminal has been caught continuing a relationship with a former prison warden and breaking draconian conditions that forbid him the use of the internet, mobile phones or holding assets of any more than £1,000 in value. Today, I'm talking with Niall Donald about the underworld's most famous scouser and the legend and legacy he left on his native Liverpool. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Curtis Warren, right? Yeah. I was actually doing an interview with Peter Walsh near the beginning of the Crime World yeah, startup, the right? First, I think, yeah. It was number 20, but it was, was it? yeah, 2024, I think it was. Yeah. Um, Peter Walsh had written this book called Cocky. Curtis Cocky Warren was his uh, nickname, the Cocky Watchman. Yeah. And... I re- I asked him about you know what is what is his thing because yeah. they all have a thing yeah we all probably do yeah we all have one thing that's sort of maybe and like you know these drug guys it's either the you know it's the they use drugs themselves they're into their drink they're you know yeah. smokers they're socializers they're whatever and no he's none of those things but what I mean it was like yeah to- talk about uh, an insight into him. He said what his thing is, is the women. Oh, the women. Yeah. And, you know, you can absolutely see that that's come back to bite him in the ass, hasn't it? Well, what did you think of? So he obviously, Curtis Warren has this week been arrested um, in the home of a former prison officer that he had an affair with uh, while in prison. Yeah. She was ultimately 
sentenced to two years in prison, was it, for misconduct yes. misconduct in public office? She was working in a very high security prison. Yeah. Um, Franklin prison, where he had been serving sentence and they got romantically involved. Well, what did you think of the evidence, Nicola, knowing your, uh, you know, sometimes don't enjoy these details where there was a, a hole cut in her prison trousers and that was discussed in court. What was that for, Niall? I don't know, Nicola. I was just going to ask you. Why would you want to cut a hole in your prison trousers? <laughs> no, come on now, you brought it up. No, I was... I'm going to kick that no, ball right I, back into your court there now. Well, it was discussed. I thought it was funny. The judge, I think, during her sentencing said, what other purpose could there be for cutting a hole in your in your prison uniform <laughs> other than the purpose of romance? Yeah. Let's put it that way. And, of course, look... Curtis Warren, look, these, I've spoken to Eamon Dillon before about these romances that start in prisons. Like prisons are just a different ecosystem to the one we live in. All those emotions and feelings and all that exist in them. Yeah. And regularly prisoners and, you know, warders are, can can start having relationships or prisoners with one another sometimes. Yeah. Kind of thing. But, um. We won't go there. We definitely won't go there, actually. Um, but yeah, like it, it's not totally unusual. But the idea that he um, has now gone unlikely to go back to jail because of this. Yeah, look, look, it shows he's committed, a committed man. They're hard to find in the modern world. So he's, how long ago was this relationship with her that she cut her hole in her pants? Well, <laughs> well, she was convicted in 2020. So it, he, he was obviously, Curtis Warren, famously, I think, was the first ever drug dealer to make the rich list in in the UK back in the 1990s. He was uh, shot out of nothing and became the absolute biggest cocaine dealer in, mm. in, in, in Britain. And ultimately then he got out and ended up in Jersey again, wasn't it? And he served a lengthy yeah. sentence. He got out of prison and he went back to Jersey and was caught trying to import drugs again, yeah. went back into prison. And then he... Because he was on the rich list and he was believed yeah. to be worth 300 million or whatever it was, he was given one of these bills by yeah. the proceeds of crime. And the bill was for 198 yeah. million he yeah. owes to the UK exchequer, yeah. but he couldn't pay it. So no. they gave him another 10 years. So yeah. he was in jail. And it was obviously it was during then, it was this then. sentence that the romance developed. Romance developed. With the prison warder. Yes. So, but I suppose who else are you going to romance with? Exactly. So like, there's not much choice. I'd be a bit sort of feeling a bit uh, insecure if I was her, I think. Now that he's out? He's... No, no, not that he's out. But if you were in a relationship, if you were in a prison and you're in a relationship, would you believe it all was true or would you think that it's only because there is nobody else? I've thought, you know, this is 35 years. Since, it's like Love Island. 35 years since Seinfeld, you know, the program. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a, a part in that where George Costanza starts going out with a prisoner and a female prisoner serving life. And he says to Jerry, it's brilliant. You know exactly where she is at all times. You see, this is it. So yeah. I suppose she knew exactly she, where he was. She would have known exactly where he was, but would she have thought she was the being The competition used? would have been really, really small. Yeah. I just said to Dara a minute ago, we should have done a Love Island commentary <laughs> to us on this. I'm, you see, I am actually watching Love Island. Yeah. So it's all about, and you're t- still I'm talking more, about Seinfeld. It just yeah. shows the... My pop culture references are... A little bit dated, I hate to tell you, a little bit. But um, they talk about the connections and they're always talking about and examining all these kind of relationships they're having and this and the other. Now they're all about 19 or something. But yeah, that's why that's in my head that I would be going, "Mm, hmm, 
is he just choosing me because I'm the only one here? But obviously, no, he followed up and met her on the outside. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the difference, I mean, it's an incredible story, the Curtis Warren story, in fairness, um, and absolutely, Mm. you know, reads exactly like one of an incredible gangster film, really. Um, He's arrested this week. His the, the the reason he's arrested is for breaching what's called a serious crime order. Um, so basically, even though he's released and served his time, um, because of the legislation that exists in the UK, they are entitled, the state is entitled, but these really severe restrictions on him, mm. um, which include things to do with travel. Uh, he's not allowed to have a bank account, I think, of more than with more than a thousand euros in it. He's not allowed to use WhatsApp. I'm not sure if he's, there's very heavy restrictions on mobile phones. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he's allowed, he has to register them. So these these don't exist in Ireland, but there's... there's called the NCA, the National Crime Agency Crime Watch List. Yeah. And he was put on that even before he was released the yeah. last time in the kind of the build up to his release because the fear was he was going to go straight back into the game. Yeah. I mean, and where's all this money that he was supposed to have owned? Yeah. 1.300 million. Yeah. None of it has shown up. Um. But yet that is new and draconian legislation that is brought in in an effort to kind of, I suppose, as part of this war on crime, war on drugs, which nobody seems to be winning. But it's in an effort to kind of um, stop in their tracks these guys that are kind of, there's an inevitability to them going back into the drugs game and going back at a very high level because of the contacts they still have. Um, so he's but easy to easy to easy to breach. In fairness, yeah, and he's obviously arrested. He's not being convicted. So, so I think it, he had was his, the relationship with the warden part of the. No, I don't plans. think it's to do with it's to do with uh, un- unauthorized use of phones, vehicles, and bank accounts. Yeah, and travel is what he's been arrested of. So the fact that he's there, his solicitor actually came out and said he's entitled to be there. He doesn't have uh, that restriction. He's allowed. He's living up in the north of. Uh, she's living up in the north of England, and he's living with her. And with they had, her. yeah, living with her. Well, that's what it, that's what it said. And and she's it? still working as a warden, but not as a warden, no, because no. she's being convicted. And yeah, so I mean, this is the restrictions. He's fifty must years. Be love. Must be love. Is he sixty years old now? I think it is. Um, he's certainly fifty nine. Maybe yeah. he's turned sixty now. But yeah. um, I think they're describing him as sixty. So I mean, he would have began. Um, he was famously, I think, linked to this. That it was at the time, I think it was a thousand kilos of cocaine was found. Um, Curtis Warren had been involved in armed robbery, it served as a prison sentence for armed robbery in the 80s. He'd come out of prison and at the time of the explosion of the drug scene, which again we've, we've spoken about. Um, but unlike, I suppose, his contemporaries, he was in his 20s at this stage, he had made contact. Uh, which the Cali cartel was who it was, mm. um, directly. He had this incredible ambition to cut out all the middlemen um, after becoming involved in the drug trade locally and had struck a deal directly with the Cali cartel. Um, he had an associate fly over there, stay with one of the leaders, and they um, managed, they were smuggling then huge amounts of cocaine, hundreds of kilos mm. of cocaine into, into the UK. Um, in these very elaborate uh, concrete kind of, uh, I think it was piping. Ingots. Ingots, was it? Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they got a couple through, did they? And then eventually they were caught. Um, he was, they attempted to convict him of that, I think. And he, 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 he walked, he walked he didn't free. have enough evidence. He's actually, so he's Liverpool, right? Yeah. And 
Liverpool, he would be seen, sort of his legacy is seen as one of those people who kind of helped turn Liverpool into one of the capitals of drug trafficking in Europe. Yeah. Um, it's a port, obviously. It's very similar to Dublin, actually. A lot of connections between Dublin yep. criminals and Liverpool criminals. But Curtis Warren, he was a mixed race youth yeah. in a place called Toxeth, yeah. which was extremely poor part yeah. of Liverpool. And um, he sort of was becoming an adult in the in the late 1970s and into the early 1980s. And the area he was from was really poor. There was no employment opportunities. Um, there was a lot of racial tensions and it was the scene of these horrific riots. It was. And in 1981, I think in particular, and it's still seen as one of the worst riots that's ever been uh, happened in the UK. Uh, so that's kind of where he came from, I suppose. And that early 80s, Liverpool was on the brink of a heroin epidemic in the same way as Dublin yep. was at the same time. We quite tally, I suppose, two ports and all the rest of it. Um, and yeah, he got involved in petty crime. Earliest conviction was when he was 12, went in and out of some of those sort of, you know, youth offender institutes and got into armed robbery. But he seems to have made some connections in Liverpool with an older sort of mentor style criminal that is sort of never been named. But I think any of the crime journalists know who this individual is, individual still alive, would have been close to him, would have mentored him and would have put up the money to move him from a street dealer to a high end wholesaler. Because, of course, you need a couple of hundred grand to start you out yep. in, in the drugs business because you have to buy your first and hopefully get it, get your first one through. But yeah, they went from, they, they kind of realized he was big and important, was dealing with the Cali cartel. They went from that time and they didn't have enough evidence yep. to convict him. So they kind of, in the background, the police really put a lot of efforts into dismantling his gang. So he moved to Holland. Yeah. And like, I suppose, some of his Irish contemporaries uh, who also ended up in Holland at the same time. And of course, there was uh, many connections there between uh, Warren and, and, and Irish Christy figures, Kinnahan. Christy Kinnan and, and, and others. But like uh, some of the Kinnan associates like John Cunningham, he was caught ultimately on his phones, really, wasn't he? In, totally. In, in, in Holland. Yeah. Um, I don't know at that point, was that kind of evidence being presented in, in UK courts? But certainly the You Dutch couldn't. You could use the fact that the phone calls had been made in the UK, but you couldn't use the contents of them, whereas in the Netherlands, and he seemed to not understand this, Yeah, you could use both the fact the phone calls plus the 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 the, um, you contents. know, the contents of it. And they recorded them. Um, actually, initially, the Dutch were approached by the, the I think it was then SOCA, the Serious Organised Crime Agency in the UK. And they were approached and asked to, you know, told that this is a massive drug dealer. He's living yeah. in Amsterdam. And they sort of said, well, he might be a massive, but we have loads of these guys. We have loads of cursed warrants. We don't have time or efforts. They were actually putting their efforts into drug gangs who were sh shooting at one another, yeah. who were the usual sort of situation. And it did take them a while, actually. So Curtis Warren got himself well set up uh, in the Netherlands and I think was doing his business. The Cali cartel had representatives in Europe at that point, which shows how they saw that market yeah. as being so important, such a growth market that they were starting to send over their representatives. And there's plenty of others they were doing business with directly. Um, likely all the way back then with Christy Kinahan too yeah. and with Scottish um, drug dealers and all the rest of it. But interestingly, his time in the Netherlands, 
he settled there with a couple of his um his uh his gang members and sort of settled into life in a kind of suburban part I think suburban part but he was a regular user of brothels yes yeah because uh, as with his others and of course the, the sort of the red light district in Amsterdam yeah. is very famous um apparently it was somewhere that he could uh go to have that sort of element of his uh, day-to-day life looked after, but he didn't have to worry about <laughs> bringing somebody into his world because I suppose it's not, if you're working as a drug dealer and you're dealing with the Colombians and you're, you know, back then, it probably wasn't the best idea to have a girlfriend no. tagging along. No. So no. it was perfect for him. Yeah. Um, I wonder, does that bother his warder lady? That I don't know. I don't know. Involved in that kind of carry on. Um. But he was all, I mean, he was a, a load of this, of course, was cottoned those wiretaps, wasn't it? Describing yeah. going to brothels and describing the ladies that he came across. And um, then as well, he seems to have been undone a bit by gossiping for asking what was going on back in Liverpool. And yeah, seems to have wanted daily updates about the local gossip on the street. And it was really unguarded, I think, wasn't it? All the stuff. Like, it I think, was amazingly, even though he'd complain about the others using their yeah. phones, he was actually like on the phone complaining yeah. about others using their phones. Um, but he was in the, it, apart from the gossip and the, you know, the prostitution and all that, he was also doing deals with the Colombians, with the Turks for the heroin. He was doing everything. Yeah. Like Curtis Warren wasn't somebody, even though he'd come out of the, the sort of the toxic area, which would later be like ultimately destroyed in the same way as large parts of Dublin were by heroin. He was still quite happy to deal that. Yeah. You know, he didn't care. He wasn't one of these dealers that wasn't going to go near heroin because of what it did. He just anything to make money. And he built and built all this money. But he was having though he was doing those deals and, and they were able to use the information to follow um the shipments to to try and crack down on them. But you know, the Netherlands, it's such an odd place. And yeah. I don't know whether this is still the situation there, but it was then. So you can bug somebody's phones for six months without telling them. But after six months, you have to go to them and go, sorry, we're bugging your phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what, I mean. I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah, it's this sort of civil, civil liberties. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I suppose, you, you know, if you're going to get anything, the argument would be that you'd have, you know, if they are up to no good, um, the kind of no good that you'd have applied for your warrants to tap the phones, I mean, but you'd have found out at that in stage. All countries, uh, I suppose, in the US, that then they used to have to, they could only listen to forty seconds of a conversation on the phone until mm. they found that if it's possibly criminally related, and then they'd have to hang up if the mafia they ever was, hang up. Well, that's that it couldn't be used then in court yeah. if they hadn't. Do any of us follow rules. I don't know. Well, I like I, yeah, <laughs> you do. <laughs> some some of us do. Yeah. <laughs> um. But anyway, he was, um, you know, eventually he was caught. Yeah. And he was jailed. Yeah. And he was sent to Vucht prison, which is this big high security prison um, where Ridwan Taghi is today. Yeah. I think it's the Netherlands only particularly nasty prison. Um, and behind bars there, he killed a, a Turkish uh, inmate. Yeah, I mean, he'd been a bouncer, Curtis Warren, I think, was yeah. after he, he, you know, and he was a street fighter and a, a very much into his fitness at one point. And he'd become involved in a confrontation behind bars, wasn't it? And he punched him and and, mm-hmm. and the guy died. Um, 
And then I think as well, as you said, the he become a celebrity then at that point, hadn't he? He become the first real from if you look back at the craze and all those guys, he'd become that first new generation of celebrity criminal in the UK. And I think that certainly inspired him to continue after him and look at his assets. Um and probably came up with that crazy figure. You know, the investigation we're talking about that led to his his sentence. Uh, was called Operation Crayfish. And the Dutch police, while also listening to the phones, they used to, Curtis Warren's crew used to like to fish. Yeah. And they used to, the cops used to go up alongside them and try and fish with them and listen in. Right. Sounds kind of quaint, yeah. doesn't it? Um, but one of the things that was discovered during Operation Crayfish on a completely different yeah. uh, continent, or, or country rather, um, and something which was another first for Curtis Warren, because I suppose he tried to bring in the biggest heroin shipment into the UK, the biggest cocaine shipment. But he also, they discovered, had the highest ranking cop in his pocket. Yeah. So while he was on the phones and while the Dutch were listening in, something happened, a contact of his or a, a colleague of his, something nonsensical, like there was a row in a pub yes. and this guy was arrested and there was going to be a trial. Yeah. Or certainly it looked as if he was going to be before the courts, but it was on like an assault charge or something. Yeah. So Warren actually picked up the phone and was was heard on the phone calling and getting through to the deputy head of Merseyside Drug Squad, a DCI called Elmore Davies. And he spoke to Davies and he said to him the predicament that this friend of his was in and is there any chance you could let me know what's happening here or whatever. Yeah. Polite enough conversation. And uh, it was basically discovered that Davies was on the payroll. Yeah. And but like he was at the end of his career, this guy. Yeah. Really decorated, really high ranking police officer who had been fighting crime his whole life. Yeah. And was pocketing 20 grand. Yeah. I mean, for this downfall, like, yeah, I mean, it's spectacular. And I think there was, um, you know, I think that was a real shock moment for the Muslims in the UK that that people had been corrupted to that level yeah. and that there was able, I mean, I think that, that case, he, he did, it, it, it sort of appeared that that case could be made go away. I think was mm-hmm. what it was, but yeah, that, that was an undoing. And it, I think in the wiretap, it, 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 it was really something over nothing, wasn't it? It was a son of some associate. It was something of that happened in a nightclub yeah. and, and there was allegations of an attempted murder or something yeah. like this. But OK, that's a pretty big charge. I suppose it was going to come yeah. to that. But it wasn't even for him. It was for an associate yeah. of his. And of course, everybody obviously knew that he had a cop in his pocket and could. Yeah. And he was also doing what a lot of these criminals end up doing, which is taking on that kind of godfather role where mm. he was resolving these disputes and settling things. And it was all a bit ego driven of him being the big man who could sort everything out for everybody. It's interesting because at the same time, so he's in prison by, the, I think he got ultimately got 12 years uh, sentence. And yeah. so he's in prison he was released in 2007, so he's in prison towards the late nine, end of the late 1990s, yeah. excuse me, by the early 2000s down on the Costa. Yeah. There's two brothers that are working for him who get in tow with the Kinnahans, yeah. the kind of the, big, the, the, the young guns of the Kinnahan organization, including Daniel Kinnahan, and they start working together. And Curtis's crew introduced the Kinnahans to a Moroccan supplier yeah. who not only guarantees 
to be able to supply with cannabis, but guarantees the landing of the cannabis on a beach. Yeah. And they work together and they um, pool resources. They pool the resources. They get a load of cannabis over. They've sort of taken these cars to pieces so as they can load the cannabis bales onto into these cars on the beaches and they drive them to a warehouse. They have an operation up away from the coast a bit and they then break it up and move that on further up through Spain uh, onwards into Europe, the UK market and indeed over to Ireland. But what's interesting about that is in that timeline when you look at it. So John Cunningham, who was Christy Kinahan's business partner at that stage, he's also the focus of a Dutch police investigation and is jailed. Yeah. Because he's caught with drugs, red-handed with drugs and weapons. And he goes to Vogt prison as well. Yeah. Um, so whether or not there was a connection between Kinahan Sr. and Curtis Warren before that, you can be under no illusion, but they would have, the two English speakers would have got rub together, shoulders. rubbed shoulders behind yeah. bars. Yeah. Now, that's just a little aside in a way, but it just shows that... Um, Every story we talk about, no matter who's involved, the Kinnons are never far from no, it, really, no. are they? He was released from that jail in 2007. And at that point, he moved to Jersey. Yeah. But it wasn't long before he was caught again trying to organise a drug importation to the island. Yeah, it seems that he was almost caught straight away, does it? Yes. He doesn't seem to have been uh, particularly successful that second go no. around. He seems to have uh, been a bit desperate for money and... He was kind of in a, in a way set up, wasn't it? It was. It was the police were in there at the very, very start, and he seems he certainly gets nowhere with any of it. He gets nowhere, and he seems to have been caught almost on his first big effort to yeah. land. A, it was a lot of cannabis, wasn't it? Into yeah. into Jersey, into so Jersey seems to have literally been almost as soon as he's back in it, he's caught, and he gets a, a big long sentence. Then I think it was thirteen years at that point. I mean, it was still a, a couple of million pounds worth of cannabis, I think, but it wasn't. It's because it, of the previous sentence, of course. Yeah, that he but the scale, and mm. it wasn't as if he was back making millions and, and back to the very pinnacle of the drugs business. He's a, a much smaller scale and caught really, really quickly. And like the UK really went for Curtis Warren, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, he really pissed them off because not only did they go from with the cannabis and he gets a hefty sentence for that, for cannabis, but by 2013, he's asked to pay up this yeah. As aforementioned, almost 200 million, which he has been deemed to have made from the proceeds of crime. And he doesn't. How the hell do you pay 200 million yeah. no matter what you've ever made? Can't pay it, doesn't pay it, doesn't want to pay it, whatever. So he gets another 10 years yeah. to serve. Yeah. Um, now, it's during this time that he has a relationship with the prison officer. Um, but, you know, he's a while he's one of these like everybody knows the name Curtis Warren, anybody interested in organized crime knows the name. He's legendary within his own lifetime as being one of Liverpool's first big drug lords. But he, he's really been a pretty shit criminal, actually. Yeah, but he's got caught a lot. Hasn't he? Uh, well, he spent the vast majority of his adult life in, in, in prison. In now. prison. Um, there was an interesting bit, actually, in one of the UK papers this week after he was arrested. Um, you know, they were obviously up there and going around and grabbing neighbours. Did you ever see him around? And oh yeah, a couple of them said they saw him here and there. And one guy did a whole little bit about how he recognised them as Curtis Warren. And he was, Curtis Warren was trying to get a bit of building work, putting in kitchens. He nice. was going around with a few Liverpool lads and 
trying to get a bit of work and he's recognized him and said, can I take a picture? And he said, no, no, I can't take any pictures with anybody because of the, uh, the NCA will come after me. I'm not, I'm barred from that. And he's saying like, I really need a job because I need to show him I'm, I'm earning legitimately and all of this. And, you know, he said, oh, he just looked like a regular, he looked a bit down, like didn't look like he was dressed well or anything. He was just with a load of Liverpool lads, just looked like a bunch of regular Liverpool builders looking for a bit of work. And certainly the house he was living in, the video courses on uh, the NCA um, have been, have very proudly released at the yeah. NCA. But it's so ordinary. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. for somebody that was on the rich list, yeah, 300 million, like the fall, the falls are catastrophic, aren't the they? falls are catastrophic. Now, See, whether... The high is so high. Yeah. And the low is just... But he's certainly in a position, and we don't have that this year, where any display of wealth, I mean, going on holidays to Spain or anything like that um, will put him at risk of going back into prison for an extended period of time. Yeah. Like he's being monitored at every level. It's, it's, it's harsh, isn't it? It's, it's a tough, it's a no, tough. No, it is. And like, again, we come back to it, like, is it worth it? You're what, 60 years of age. You've spent most of your adult life in prison. Your relationship is with the prison warder who was the only female in your vicinity for a yeah. long time. Um, and you're trying to grab a little bit of work, make a few hundred quid and, yeah. and you can't yeah. even, if you do can't have this fast. phone. I mean, I think you can own a phone, is it? Or there's, but there's certainly. I mean, how could you not break all those regulations? I don't know. I don't know. So it's, yeah. You're not allowed to use the internet, not allowed to use a phone. Yeah. You can't have more than a thousand quid. In your bank account. In your bank account. As far as I know, yeah. Or your cash on you. I think it's cash. That's yeah. something to do with cash. Um. Oh, no, you're right. It's your assets. They can, can't hold any more than a thousand in assets. Yeah. So if you make any more, if legitimately you have to give Fair it to Fair it, I think, and that's taken okay. and subtracted you're from You're not your allowed. Hands. This one makes sense. You're not allowed to be involved in the import or export business. Yeah. But they are draconian, and it does seem like um, the UK really pushed everything yeah, down I mean, on Curtis Warren. Yeah. I mean, there's one thing you could probably say about him. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. He's no rat. No, he's no rat, no. And there's another thing. It's not good for these criminals to appear on rich lists or anything like it. I mean, no. Pablo Escobar, of course, famously appeared on, on, on the Forbes rich list, wasn't it? And some of these things are the downfall of mm -hmm. these guys because... It can't be tolerated in a in a normal society that you have a criminal on the rich list, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, he didn't go to Dubai anyway. No. And, um, you know, you'd wonder, has he still, you know, like everybody, has he is he washed up now? Yeah, I mean, it's this is the other thing. I mean, the, the world moves on really quickly. That world um, does, you know, does, how many of the people he grew up with trusted and was loyal to and were loyal to him how many of them are left yeah certainly the, there was a falling out i think within his gang wasn't there that some of that may be ongoing to this day over a murder so does he have the context and or does he you know certainly he'd be paranoid about trying to make new ones um, and yeah that life can pass you by you know and i wonder this time around will his woman wait for him well she's done so far she has she has yeah. <gasps> there's no um there's an odd sock for every shoe. There is. is. No, there is. There just is. Yeah. Like, never a truer word has been has been said. Yeah. So, poor Curtis. Poor Curtis. Yeah. It's fallen again. Oh. Okay, Niall. Thank you. Thanks, Nicola. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. 
produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.